Hi, this is Jim. And this is Max. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers' needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more. Subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball. Mostly. This is Fly Purbly with Steve Jacot and Craig Forsyth. Two guys who wonder if the real treasure were the enemies Ron Hextall made along the way. Craig, can you believe that Ron Hextall was personally responsible? For the Flyers squandering a three-to-one lead to the Ottawa Senators. Uh, no, I can't. But I mean, you know, he just came in during the second intermission and gave them an anti-pep speech, and they just came out dejected and shelled up, and it was all Ron's fault that they lost to the lowly, terrible Ottawa Senators. Well, in the Flyers' defense, and I said this on Twitter last night, when you're playing Mike Mc. Anna, you may as well just put the L on the calendar. You know what I mean? Like that's that's a loss. You're hoping for at least one point, but in actuality, you're just you're looking past this game. You you may as well just have mailed it in. So it, exactly. In conclusion, you know, it's not like it's like when you play Toronto, right? It's exactly like playing the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, except sometimes when you play the Maple Leafs, you still have your GM in place afterwards, but not not the most recent. Uh, with the Flyers playing the main place. Now they hear. Hopefully, the next time they play the Flyers, they have a GM in place, and there are a couple names out there. But maybe I segue too early, unless you want to elaborate on that wonderful loss last night. I would like to elaborate very briefly on that wonderful loss because I was there uh, only wow, because I got nice. free tickets. All right. Well, okay. If I didn't get a Hold free on. ticket, would not have been there. A free ticket, dude! Like tickets were like eight bucks last night, weren't they? Yeah, but it was free. All right. I didn't have to spend even eight bucks. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I don't know. Free <laughs> ticket, free food, some you know, some good stuff. Oh, free food. Uh, oh, okay, never mind. That's a different yeah. Free like beer, you know, you know that's, yeah, that's a whole different thing. Yeah, and I got a whole night out of it. It was great, except until it wasn't. People asked me today, "How was the game?" I was like, "Well, it was great until it wasn't." Yeah. Uh, but they're just li- zero energy in that arena. People were not excited to see this team i wonder why and man but when it turned bad the arena was foaming at the mouth yeah fire hacks all chance just and it, nobody was surprised right like people were pissed off but nobody was surprised yeah. because that's who these flyers are at this point yeah i mean the only changes i think i recognized last night and this was me not really I mean, I'm going to be honest, I was pretty checked out of last night's game. I think that was the least interested I've been in the actual game since the Tuesday after the Super Bowl. I, I don't know. I just, I think it's just knowing that that game really, in the grand scheme of this season and the seasons to come, does not matter. Like, it's just a listless game on Tuesday night against the Senators. 
knowing that you have a lame duck coach and some of these players may not be here in the near future who actually cares how they did tonight or last night, I mean. Uh, I think they hit a lot more in the first, a lot more energy. So that's cool. Ooh, energy. People like energy. And then the, they like grit and energy and hustle. That's Flyers hockey, baby. That's what we're getting back to. Make the Flyers great again, Paul Holmgren. And then also the penalty kill looked a little more aggressive, which is actually the only good thing. But <laughs> it just took the general get manager fired. getting fired for, for Lappy to pull the, pull his head out of his ass. <laughs> for, yeah, for Lappy to go, hey, maybe I should do these things to actually make the penalty kill good. So I, but again, that was one game. Uh, Matt Deshane's circus goal is kind of funny because it was insane. Oh yeah, and that's uh, and it was one that in the arena we didn't quite realize like just how ridiculous it was. We oh, saw the yeah. p- pop up in the air and end up in the net. And we're like, freaking flyers, God! Yeah. No, it was, it was a pretty, it was a pretty nuts of shot. I mean, again, he should have never had the opportunity to shoot the puck at all because of the. Uh, defensive play before that never should but, have been a tie game in the first place yeah yeah absolutely uh but it happened and it was a it, was a it happened this crazy is goal. this is the world we're living in you know hexy's reign is done and long live fletch mm. mm-hmm. so steven <laughs> yeah, so, he's not even the gm yet well but according to michael russo and dave isaac and bill Meltzer and Bob McKenzie, all indications are going to be Chuck Bob McKenzie's Fletcher. never right. Yeah. Everybody Bob McKenzie's, knows this. Bob McKenzie's always wrong. Yeah. Uh, he's never had I, I can't. I can't even <laughs> facetiously say that because Bob McKenzie is the best. In Bob McKenzie did game. take it to, I mean, he did the first intermission break here for the Blues uh, Red Wings game, and he pretty much put it in a way where Chuck Fletcher is at the top of the list, and there are other people on that list, but right now it's looks like it's chuck fletcher's uh, job to lose is what it sounds like so uh let's talk about chuck fletcher uh steve first reaction first feeling when you hear that it's chuck fletcher that's going to be calling the shots you know i just i look west to san jose west. a man named brent with a beard and i say yeah that's cool <laughs> I, w- I know people are going to be sick if it's chuck fletcher we're never, ever going to give up on the Brent Burns angle unless he does something amazing here. Yeah. And I think that's fair. I So look, my, my overall reaction is just, uh, I, I've tried to look through all of his trades today. I've taken in like some of the positive things he does, and then I try and look at the negative things he did as well. And uh, overall, I'm just, uh, yeah. You know, like that's, that's... I mean, that's the Minnesota Wild, right? Uh, They're just... Man. Yeah, I mean that's pretty much he built the Minnesota Wild, which again, uh, you know, he came in when the franchise was pretty young, made them uh continually appear in the playoffs, not get too far, and in his defense, he did run into some pretty ridiculous teams. As in, he played Chicago early on, uh, in twenty thirteen, fourteen, and fifteen, and then he literally had this a, a series stolen against him by uh Jake Allen in 2017. The the Wild murdered the Blues in that series and Jake Allen just stole his head. I think he had 250 save games. And then I'm not doing uh, that now. And then uh like <laughs> Jake Allen not doing that now, correct. Uh and then last season they lost to the Jets. So uh 
again, though, getting to the playoffs is not what these last few Flyers teams have had a problem doing. It's the adding. And they've played pretty amazing teams when they've gotten to the playoffs. That hasn't been an excuse for these Flyers teams at all. Yeah. Like they played the Penguins, who were great. They played the Capitals, who were great. Like, yeah. And, no excuse, though. Absolutely no excuse. Yeah. And when they played the Rangers, they did go on to uh, the Stanley Cup. And, um, uh, but. I mean, when you look at his moves at the deadlines over the last few seasons, not not really great, in my opinion. I mean, the Hansel one. Like what moves uh, again, Craig? Remind me. I gotta, remind me. I got to I got to pull him up again. Uh, Martin Hansel. No, was don't, don't remind me. It's fine. <laughs> Martin Hansel and Ryan White for a first, a second, and a fourth. Uh, Chris Stewart for a second. The Ryan White. Yeah, I mean, he was definitely just a throw-in piece. He was like a fourth-line guy that got some games, but. So Martin Hansel for you a bunch of picks. Even want him as a, to even want a Ryan White throw in. Yeah, yeah, well, exactly, yeah. So and again, it's, a, it's like you get a bag fry, but the bag fry is a little rotten. <laughs> uh, and, and again, he, I think one of the positives to him is that he apparently does focus on analytics, or he is a big fan of analytics, and he hired, I think, a bunch of war on ice. I think is what people have said is who he's hired a bunch of people from that website. That was like the go-to stats website before Corsica a couple years ago. Uh, and he has, he has hired Bruce Boudreau, who I think you and I disagree on whether or not he's a good coach. I think he's a pretty good coach. Uh, no, I think we agree. Oh, okay. He's a, he's a good coach. No, I, I, I like Boudreau. I like to make fun oh, of him okay. because he had that, that HBO 24 seven, uh, I smell food <laughs> moment, but no, I, I Bruce Boudreaux is a, a very good NHL yeah. coach. And the thing that comes with Chuck Fletcher, that really kind of makes me a little nervous too. And I don't know if this angle is discussed, but before, uh, Bruce Boudreaux, uh, his coach was, uh, Mike Yo, who is now, uh, free and out there and willing to join any NHL franchise, the drop of a hat. And uh, I, I think the so. Flyers, we just build a dream team, right? We're just going to build a dream team. We're going to get Mike Yao uh, as head coach. Yep. Uh, Dave Haxtall stays on as assistant coach, and Lappy stays exactly where he is running the penalty kill. Yeah, yeah, I think that's... because it's not their fault that we're in the situation we're in, as Paul Holmgren said. It's not their fault. They've done an admirable job. It's not Dave Haxtell and Ian LaPerriere's fault at all. No, no, it's it's uh. Can, can really you guys tell I'm a little pissed <laughs> off at this franchise right now? Just a little bit. It's uh, it's pretty insane. It's a uh, pretty... that press conference yeah, earlier this week conference. was. I think you want to talk about that. Press a conference. giant, giant pile of bullshit. Yeah, I mean, to me, so I still can't get over the fact, and I, I know he's stepped aside to let Hextall come in and all this stuff, but the fact that Holmgren got promoted, and then he was the one who pretty much got the wheels in motion to get Hextall fired is still pretty insane Which they to said, me. which they confirmed in this press conference. Yeah, like it's... It pretty much just wanting uh, Hextall fire for not making the same mistakes he did is just kind of, it's just pretty bonkers to me. And then to have, it, it, it sounds like the patience is done and now they got to make moves now. Uh, the cupboard's full, as Al Morganti said. The cupboard's full. Yeah. And when you have a full cupboard, you know what you do? You get rid of all that shit and get new shit. Yeah. And again, 
Uh, so the thing with Hextall, and I mean, I think we were, I know I was pushing for it over the summer and maybe even now to an extent, but I do think they should have taken the next step. And I think at some point, you know, you, you do acquire all these prospects and picks. And the idea behind it is a bunch of them make the NHL for you. A bunch of them you throw in for trades or as main trade pieces to go get higher level NHL skill. And, you know, I think Hextall was pretty stuck in his ways of just holding on to every single prospect and pick. Which And all the reports really came down to Hextall was fired for refusing refusing to bend yeah. at all on his stance yeah. of uh you know this is the this is the plan this is my process I'm sticking to it and there definitely seemed to be some breaking points I mean I I heard that they wanted him to do something at the draft make a big splash at the draft uh certainly you know I heard the Tavares situation mentioned and the lack of the Flyers being a premier landing spot for John Tavares and you also hear about, you know, like the goalie situation pisses people off. Uh, there was some headbutting over Carter Hart, which Holmgren did admit eventually that it was the right move yeah. to have him in the AHL. Yeah. I think the numbers show that because he's struggling, yeah. but that's why you have the AHL. Yeah, and it, it's a thing where I would prefer to lean more keeping a lot of the prospects and picks, but you do have to make... You have to make some moves at the NHL level. The problem is now. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, you're you're going to bring in somebody who you're going to want to make trades and do things immediately. And I don't, I don't know. All indications are Chuck well, Fletcher is really not the best at that. But we'll see. And when you bring somebody in who isn't as familiar with your personnel to come in and make those moves that also feels a little weird, right? Where you've got somebody in and it's nice to have a fresh set of eyes in one respect, but in another respect, this person isn't as familiar with the steps these prospects have made as, as you know, just every bit of their growth and their, their strengths and such. Um, so I, I just worry that a wrong decision could be made not knowing those prospects as well as somebody who's been in the organization for a couple of years and seen them grow. Yeah. And also, I mean, it's the, the, the problem for me personally, and I think a lot of people are going to do it. Uh, when you're looking at a former GM, you can look at every single move they've made. And the big thing that is sticking out to me and whether or not it's fair or not fair is a uh, dude, Traded away Brent Burns, and I I know it was early on in his career, but I think he was 26 when he traded him away. And uh, Flyers got a lot of young, good talent on the blue line. And I'm just, if you pair that with a decision to have to make trades now, and then you have Ghost and Proveroff and Sanheim and all these guys on the blue line, I... I don't know. It's not like he got Brent Burns in a pretty equal return. It, I, I'm pretty sure it was Charlie Coyle and Devin Setaguchi, which at any point in time is kind of a kind of a bad trade. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. easy to say now in hindsight, but at the time, it, it wasn't exactly the best trade either. Uh, and, and, you know, you've got Paul Holmgren, who is maybe the king of some of those lopsided trades, yeah. including a player that the Flyers just re-signed, brought back to town on a lengthy deal, and is already the subject of rumors because Homer's experience with them in the past, uh, JVR, 
people are already saying like, is Homer going to move JVR? Doesn't like JVR. Going to move him right God, back out. Yeah. He traded him for Luke Shen in the first place. And it's something I initially want to dismiss, right? Because it sounds ridiculous, but the way the team is right now, I, anything is, I, anything's possible. Where we and, are right now. Man, that would friggin' suck for Van Riemsdyk, yeah. man. Signs a deal, brings him back. First NHL franchise. Cool. Let's do it right this time. And immediately traded away. Like, man, what the hell kind of a wacky ass organization? Yeah, that would this? be, I mean, that would just be a thing that I think would just deter other players from trying to come here. Uh, what I was going to say with the, I mean, he, he Fletcher did also have good deals. He also did get. Yeah. Let's talk about the good with Fletcher. Let's not be completely negative before the guy even <laughs> yeah. signs a very paper, much a, has a day in the Flyers front yeah, office. There's very much a, a, a willingness to feel like everything's going to hell, especially when the big, the big move is to fire the GM and bring in Chuck fucking Fletcher. But uh, I think the the Niederreiter deal was really good. Uh, he traded uh, Cal Clutterbuck and a pick, I believe, for Nino Niederreiter, which is a very lopsided deal in terms of the uh, and for for Minnesota. And he also signed Eric Stahl after he left Carolina, or after he left. Um, he was with New York, I think, and then became a free agent. And that's a it's a pretty good deal. I mean, he did that in the summer of 2016 while Ron Hextel was signing uh, Dale Weiss and uh, Boyd Gordon. So he he does. <laughs> I always forget about Boyd. Oh uh, yeah, I did. Yeah, well, I, the the guy who scored the He's first a forgettable goal, player. The guy who scored the first goal of the 2016-17 season just slips your mind. All right, that's I guess that's fair. I, I, get, I old man brain, you know. <laughs> Bad memory at my age. You don't want to remember the 2016 season and all that came with it. The 10 game winning streak and then somehow floundering a playoff spot. Yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't want to relive those days? Good times. The best. Yeah. I, I found a list of uh, his good investments. Those were the two. Those are probably the two or the few moves at the opposite ends of the spectrum. What he did really good. And then the, uh, the worst of the worst. Uh, I found uh what well, and he was responsible for Parise and Suter, right? No. No, he was not. He was not. Okay. No, no, he Good to know. Good to know. He was there. No, no, that's what I was saying. He was there, but it feels very much like a it, it felt like a, a pressure from the owner and the higher ups thing, like it was here in Phil in Philadelphia with Briz Galoff, where yes, Hongram made the trade <laughs> and the signing and everything, but at the same time um, oh my god, I'm gonna kill myself with this fucking article. Start your start your feet and get your shit together. This is ridiculous. All right. Um, but it's a thing where management pretty much told him to go out and sign somebody. And I mean, Freeze and Suter, two guys from Minnesota, and there were the big name free agents, and a lot of rumors at the time with Minnesota that they don't go out and sign free agents. So it was. Uh... And it also helped that they were both from that state, right? And I mean, we can't really blame Minnesota at the time because everybody wanted to sign those two guys. The Flyers were definitely one of those teams that were mentioned as a possibility. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I mean, the, so if you ignore those two, uh, two very big things with his uh, tenure as GM. So if you we'll just we'll move those aside. But uh Nino, uh, Nino Niederreiter trade, the Eric Stahl signing, Devin, Devin Dubnik trade was pretty good. 
they're listening here the 2010 draft which if i'm looking at the names were pretty good they got uh, mikhail granland and jason zucker out of that uh the bad okay so along with brent burns he also traded away nick letty for cam barker uh pretty early on in nick letty's career so again you know don't know the prospects trading him away and also you're getting cam barker in return which is uh like uh, I don't think there's any point in time when somebody went, yeah, let's get Cam Barker on board. And it was a good decision. Uh, they list recent drafts uh, and then losing Alex Tuck and uh, Eric Halla in the uh, expansion draft. But at the same time, I feel like everybody's forget with the Vegas expansion draft could be looked at as a negative because team went to the cup and a lot of guys came out of the middle of nowhere and, Everybody loves uh, Yarmo Kekalainen and uh, William Carlson had 40 goals last year. 40 goals plus for the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. So I, it's again where you'd have to look at everything that Fletcher's done and see if he's learned from his mistakes. But I mean, recent, most recent trade, line, uh, trade deadline deal was Hansel for a bunch of picks, which isn't really encouraging to me. Yeah. So. So Fletch, I, I love that I'm calling him Fletch already. I just know I'm going to call him Fletch. <laughs> it just yeah. makes sense. But uh, so Fletcher's the front runner by a, a lot, a wide margin. Yeah. Let's talk about some of the other names being mentioned because just we'll because he's the front that. runner doesn't mean it's going to happen. Yeah. Mm. yeah. No, like come on, yeah, gotta give an even view. Gotta yeah. give an even view. Yeah. Uh, so Steve Greeley. Uh, with Buffalo is one of the names being thrown around, right? Yeah, Steve Steve Grilly is the guy that I would I would like who I don't think they're gonna get. Uh, seems I've like... heard nothing but good things about Grilly. It's didn't we talk about him the other day and we're like, oh no, that is. Now we're like, oh, he's the guy. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. Like two days ago, without any kind of research with the uh, the GMs here. Yeah, it was Grilly. Uh, yeah, All I think heard... mentioned him. Yeah, I, I think for me, just to have some kind of excitement i just want a guy that has no track record as a gm because i don't want i don't want the things that we just do with fletcher where you can look at his whole history and then be like i don't like any of this because <laughs> really could come in and do the same thing here it stinks really could do, come in and do the same thing here but there was no previous record for me to go through and you know poke holes in it so uh steve Grilly, assistant gm with the sabers uh seems very into analytics is how it sounds and uh everybody around him it, it sounds like he's the next up-and-coming uh front office candidate that people point to when there's gm openings there's a couple other ones but i, I think he's like the newest addition to that whole uh group of people and another one that the there's another one that the flyers are linked to too that it sounds like he's like the fourth option of the big four that they're mentioning uh but he was a scout the kings from 2006 to 2013 assistant coach with Boston University for two seasons assistant GM with Buffalo since last season uh again I would like to see him coming to the fold because if we're going to be trading for players hopefully it's based on it's analytics driven and we're getting players that can actually drive play and might be unlucky in terms of producing points but are probably due to get points Thing, things of that nature uh, as Stephen A. Smith would say, but I, <laughs> I'm thinking of that, et cetera, yeah, et cetera. I'm of that stupid uh, David J. Roth tweet, I think. Uh, but 
Yeah, Steve really uh, it has been mentioned. I really don't I don't really see them going down that path. I think it's going to be again Fletcher and Ron Francis, another guy we talked about who's Pierre LeBron highlighted four guys, and it was Fletcher, Greeley, Ron Francis, who, I mean, if you don't like Ron Hextall and what he was doing with the team, Ron Francis is was a, pretty much that guy in Carolina. So, like, why, like, what have we done? Yeah, with, with Francis and Hextall, there was actually, somebody sent me a meme the other day. I'll have to look it up. It was the, the Spider-Man pointing at each other meme, and that was Francis <laughs> and Hextall. I mean, that's it. That feels like it's pretty accurate. He did make some moves at the NHL level, but it was mainly it's mainly the same type of thing. He unloaded NHL talent to get draft picks. Uh, he did get Scott Darling, which is not really anything to write home about. And then he also did get not great, Ron. He did also get Tuivu Teravine and, and Brian Bickle for a second and third. Again, Bickle not the not the big uh, prize in that deal, but able to get Teravine away from Chicago because he knew they were in Cap Hill. Uh, and the, that was nice. That was nice. Yeah, and then the last option uh, is Bill Zito, who's a guy that we mentioned on Monday and is also one of those guys that there's always a list of uh, assistant GMs and uh, front office personnel that are thrown out there each time there's an opening. And I feel like I've heard Bill Zito for a little bit of time here. And uh, he has been uh, – he's currently the assistant GM with the Blue Jackets. He's the Cleveland Monsters GM, the uh, AHL team. And he's been in those roles since 2013. Uh, the, the, the Monsters won the 2016 uh, AHL championship, although they've missed the last two postseasons. And Bill Meltzer tweeted out, uh, mentioned Zito's creds this morning as an agent. He had a scout-like eye for then-obscure players who could be clients. Examples were Brian Rafalski and Tim Thomas back when no NHL teams were on their trail yet. So if he's able to pick out guys like that and they can perform at the NHL level, then I I think I'll be behind him uh, in charge of so the So we have two exciting guys, t- two exciting guys, a solid replacement for the guy that we just let go of and the worst case scenario. Who's the, not worst case scenario, but a very meh choice. Who's the front runner. Yeah. The front runner is very meh. I, I, and again, I, we sound pretty negative about him. I think in fairness, it's not the end of the world. If Fletcher is the guy, it's just, man, it's better than Paul Holmgren, frankly. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just like, you know, it, you're not, if you're firing Hextall because he wasn't quick enough and like didn't make enough trades to become contenders, I I don't know if Chuck Fletcher is the guy that really jumps your mind as being crazy and let's go out and win a championship. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Like he, <laughs> there are there are lots of positives about his tenure in in Minnesota, but again, having the whole looking at the whole track record of his deals and everything, there's just a lot of stuff he can question. Uh, but the anal- the use of analytics and hiring the war on ice people was very encouraging. Uh, there's uh, there's a a writer his handle is a, handle is a Evolving Wild. He owns the site uh, Evolving Hockey and is pretty deep in analytics. And he's a Wild fan, and he talks about how he thinks uh, Fletcher would be a good hire for the Flyers. And he kind of went on at length about it and how he had. The questionable D 
steals at the deadline, but outside of that, a lot of what he did was was spot on and like did pretty well. And I, I've seen other, I've seen a lot of Wild fans talking. Like I, I went, uh, I think Hockey Wilderness is their SB Nation site, and I tried looking at their site to see what they said about Fletcher, and I saw a lot of positive posts about him when once he left, and there wasn't too much bashing or like good riddance. It seemed like a, a general overall good feeling that he did pretty well there. Uh, it's just, you know, I feel like they're, they are very polite in Minnesota for yeah. the, the record. So yeah. it, it could be Minnesota. Nice. It could be. Yeah. And also I just, you know, I, I want to win, but at the same time, man, Minnesota is fucking boring to watch. They've had a very boring team for a while. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen here, but I don't know. They did lead. Uh, you don't I think, think was... you don't think the boring flyers could become boring. Buddy, yeah, I got some like news that. for you. I'm talking. Well, I mean, I think there are a couple of players on the Flyers that aren't going to be. I mean, I think yeah, if guys they don't get like... traded away. Yeah, well, anything is possible. Yeah, anything we're in... is. We're through the looking glass, buddy. This is chaos. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I. I will see everything when I believe it either way. I would like to see another GM. I'll see it when I believe it. Uh, Hackstall should be as good as going when another GM comes in. I'll, oh, I'll my God. When, when, when? This is the one thing everybody agreed on. Yeah, let's go. And that now they can't play. even get rid of Dave Hackstall. Yeah, so Chris Pryor and Gordon Murphy are gone. Uh, and... Still, Dave Haxall and Elon Perrier remain, and it's really, uh, it's funny. Baffling. It's amazing. Yeah, I just. You say funny, I say baffling. <laughs> it's, uh, it's funny in the way that I'm not mad. I'm actually laughing. That's where, that's what I mean by funny, but. You're Walter White on the floor in the crawl space laughing with madness. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much is where, where I'm at with this, uh. The, the, so, so the Chris, the Gordon Murphy move, I, I'll listen to the defense of he was brought in by Hextall. Maybe the players grew tired of him or didn't like the way he coached and nothing well, would have. Immediately, immediately Flyers uh, PR underground or whatever was like, like well, you know, Gordon Murphy, maybe Ivan Provorov will improve immediately without him here. I think he was dragging him down. Yeah, so. So again, uh, what was I saying? Oh, so yeah, Murphy, you know, maybe the coaches didn't like him and maybe the hacks all said something before, or maybe the players had said something before about not liking Murphy and Hextall didn't want to hear it. And now that Hextall is gone, finally Murphy's gone. But if that's the case, it's a little weird that it comes the day after they lose the senators and not him being dismissed with Ron Hextall. Wasn't uh, the exact language in the release about Murphy that uh, Murphy was released with input from Dave Hackstall? Yeah, but I mean, again, that could have been a thing where Hackstall went to Hackstall earlier and was pretty much like, I don't like the way he's been doing this. And then Hackstall's like, well, tough. And then now that he's gone, he went to Holmgren and said, I don't really like the way that Murphy's been coaching. Because, again, Murphy was not brought on by Hackstall. He was brought on by Hackstall. And now that there's somebody else in charge and he says he doesn't want Murphy around, Murphy can actually go. 
now again this could all be from big propaganda and it's all just kind of an I've excuse ex- for why <laughs> i've been extremely suspicious about a lot I, of the the news that's I, been released in the past couple of days yeah i think you and i might be on board with uh maybe just a tad bit of propaganda going on here uh and i think so the first thing and let me let me get through this uh I think Hextall making the inner circle smaller and maybe cutting out some people and being very tight-lipped about, you know, how he's going to go about these things is very possible. I think it did happen to an extent because no rumors or anything were ever leaked. Uh, It was very tough to tell what was going on. So I think to an extent that did happen. And with the firings of uh, Neil Little and... Uh, Joe Mullen, as Elliot Freeman pointed out, that the inner circle did shrink. Now, I do kind of question the extent to which a bunch of people uh, in both Philly and the national media have alluded to Ron Hexall, which is Chip Kelly-esque, which I think is a little... Uh, I don't believe that. I think that it, is a It, it thing. feels very much like select language to you know compare him to somebody who was especially with recent eagles history somebody who's kind of reviled amongst philadelphia sports fans right it feels like a thing where you could put that with anybody in philadelphia and it'll immediately get a majority of the fan base on your side because you got to get the chip kelly out i mean if the sixers went on a 10 game losing streak right now and the they they fired Brett Brown, and they were like, "Oh, he was starting to become like Chip Kelly behind the scenes." Then everybody was like, "Oh, can't have Chip Kelly around the basket." <laughs> it just feels like a thing that if you want to get people on board with a decision immediately in the front office, it would be to describe anybody as Chip Kelly esque, and then it makes you think that, well, now that that guy's out of here, they're going to bring in the right people, and they're going to they're going to go for a championship, and they're going to get one soon. That. And Greg, I got some bad news for you on that front. I was talking to Steph earlier, and she alluded to you as a Chip Kelly-like figure on the blog, so I'd be oh, careful if oh, I were you. Oh, oh God. <laughs> yeah, I don't talk to anybody in the hallways. I'm, uh, I'm very racist, so that's, uh, that's how this goes down. Yeah. Man. God, I... <laughs> Yeah, it, but again, I think it, it it's got to be true to an extent. I mean, because I, I think it's likely it happened, but I don't think it's as dramatic or as drawn out as Chip Kelly was with the Eagles. I think that was a completely different, it, it felt like a completely different situation. I just think it's a, a thing where you want to get people inside with your opinion or like get people inside with your decision right now and you're the Flyers. I mean, if you want to, you want people to say good to words relate. to that guy. You don't want people sitting yeah. there going like, if we had just kept Hexy, things would be improving eventually. Yeah. They want people going, good riddance. That guy just stalled everything up. He got rid of the Flyers' attitude, the Flyers' family. You know what? He just ruined the identity of the Philadelphia Flyers. Yeah, and now whenever they do a trade or there people question bringing in Chuck Fletcher, everybody can be like, well, they, they just couldn't have kept Hextall. It was, it was a Chip Kelly feeling. They just they can't keep that in the locker room. And it's like, just no way you could keep 
Sergey Bobrovsky. No way you could keep Mike Richards. No way you could keep Jeff Carter. Just no way. Well, you had to trade for Ilya Brzezgalov. Yeah, so that's my stance on on that. Uh, I love the Flyers. Man, I love the Flyers. I I love them, too. Uh, I actually love the uh, Flyers, and it's why it pains me to get free tickets to a Flyers game, have no excitement, and actually be pretty excited when it comes to booing time. Like, (laughs) I'm honestly, I'm on the border of just hoping the Flyers tank out the rest of the season for Jack Hughes. I want Jack Hughes real bad. And Jack Hughes is amazing. I want Jack Hughes. Yeah. And again, if they keep this PK. I don't care about this season. I don't care anymore. If they keep the PK and they keep the goaltending, I I really don't know how they wouldn't be in the race for Jack Hughes. And again, the season sucks uh, for a lot it, of it, reasons. Which is weird, too, because I like so many of the guys on this team. Well, okay. So the season sucks. But they are actually are doing fine at five on five. They're eighth in Corsi four percentage, they're ninth in an expected goals percentage. And overall, when you watch them play at five on five, it's not terrible. It's a penalty kill and the goaltending that are killing them. So if they don't address that, they might be at the bottom of the league by the end of the year. And I will watch sixty more games of this goddamn nonsense if it means fifteen years of Jack Hughes. Because Jack sure. Hughes is supposed to be the next guy. He's supposed to be the next big thing in the league supposed to be the next Austin, Austin Matthews, who, whoever you can think of that is the next up and coming superstar. He is that guy. And fly. I, I love Braden Nolan Shen. Patrick. I love Nolan Patrick, uh, but he is not, <laughs> he is not uh, that he's not the low of a Jack Hughes or an Austin Matthews, at least. Sure. I right think now, that's but, undeniable. Yeah. And you know, not, Nolan Patrick can obviously become a very good player in the league and put up 70 points or whatever, but he's not right, a line. There's, there's a difference between a, a marker, Eric Stahl and a Sidney Crosby or an Evgeny Malkin. Yeah. Yeah. Alex Ovechkin or, or Bobby Ryan. So that go with <laughs> Mark Stahl? I guess, I, I guess I meant Eric or Jordan, but <laughs> yeah, uh, potato, potato. Oh, not really. But you, but you know what I meant though? Like where you have this, this solid player who will put up solid numbers and, you know, be pretty, just be really good. A guy, anybody'd want on their team. And then there's a superstar. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. That's, that's what we're going for here. Uh, I mean, so what do you think of the Carter Hart talk to? I, I think coming into the season, I thought the number of games he was going to play for the Flyers this year was greater than zero. I thought he was going to play in at least one. I don't know how soon. I don't know when. I just think by the end of the season, even before all this happened, and even when I thought the Flyers were going to be a, a pretty decent playoff team, I thought he was still going to get a game or two, just somewhere along the line, uh, just to get like his, I don't know, get his feet wet or something. Now I've got three words for you, Craig. Um, I've got three words. Oh God, he's not ready. Oh, okay. There you go. I thought you were going <laughs> to... I thought your three words were going to be... Put him in. Yeah, I was going to say bring... Lock him out. Bring him up. <laughs> bring him up. Bring Lock him, him up. up. <laughs> Make the Flyers great again. God damn it. God damn it. What a world we live in. I hate this world. I quit. Good night and good hockey. But uh, it sounds like... And by the way, I like that somebody... I forget where I got this... Uh, is, oh, I think it was Emily Kaplan from ESPN. Uh, asked Carter Hart if he'd like to be in the NHL right now. 
and uh hey would you like to be in the nhl yeah, just like i <laughs> it's one of those questions that's just like what, like what, what do we think's gonna like somebody asked i think it was after the leafs game somebody asked hey steve do you want to make more money yeah <laughs> somebody asked Drew, that that's gonna make him more money but you know what i mean yeah somebody asked Drew if they thought the flyers were a uh a playoff team and it's like well what is he supposed to say like is he just gonna be like no we suck no. We're, a fucking, <laughs> we're a horrendous team I if you bought tickets, I would return them and give get all your money back. Like what? Like what is he going to say to that question? It's just one of those dumbass questions that people ask, and then everybody's like, "Oh, how, how can he believe that they're a playoff how team?" That's really weird. believe this. Is he an idiot? Is he just what a, mentally slow? What a what a moron. Uh, so Carter Hart, though, yeah, he's definitely going to be coming up, right? I feel like he has to. Oh, now he's going to Hextall. He wouldn't even sniff the NHL this year. And I think they're just, well, they, they waved Picard today. Uh, Pickard, Pickard. Yeah. Who cares? He's going to be gone soon. No, I don't think anybody's going to claim him. He's been terrible. Yeah. I think he's just going to, well, I, I think uh, Myrtle was saying that the Leafs, are, the Leafs might, the Leafs actually, I don't know if they will, because I think they wanted him for the AHL, which is how the Flyers got him in the first place. So I don't know how they would. Well, it's not like the Flyers are going to claim him again. Yeah, but, and yeah, that is true. I don't know who else actually will claim him. That's a very, a very fair point. Uh, and Tyrell Goldborn was sent back down to the AHL. So pretty much anything that, I mean, the four moves today, the firing of Chris Pryor, Gordon, we didn't even talk about Chris Pryor yet, but Chris Pryor, Gordon Murphy, uh, Pickard on waivers and Goldborn to the AHL all feel are all moves that were Hextall like show signs of support for Hextall, I guess. Uh, Chris Pryor being his right hand man as assistant general manager and director of player personnel, and was one of the voices I guess Hextall trusted a lot in the room. Uh, Gordon Murphy, an assistant coach, he brought on in his first season with the Flyers. Uh, Calvin Picard, Calvin Pickard, Pickard damn it, <laughs> Calvin Pickard, <laughs> who uh, who was a, a waiver wire pickup, uh, and then Tyrell Goldborn, who was pretty much a player that whenever Hextall wanted to get something going, rather than make a trade or fire anybody, he brought Goldborn Goldborn up. So those are all moves to pretty much be like we're getting the we're getting the Hextall stink off of this team, and he was definitely a reason why we haven't been winning recently. So we're gonna get. get as much of the simple things you can get out of here that alluded to him out of here at the second. So you guys can focus on going out there and just get back to being yourselves and not worrying about the overarching nemesis that was Ron Hextall. So that's how I took it. Just a menace, complete menace to this franchise. I've never been more glad that somebody is not associated with the Philadelphia hockey flyers than Ronald Washington Hextall. Uh, the Chris Pryor thing, though, is pretty pretty dumb, in my opinion. Uh, he was here forever. Yeah, a weird clean house move there. Yeah, he, he was here since 1999. Uh, he's done pretty good at uh, drafting. And having like most of the fan base developing. wasn't even born in 1999. Yeah. Well, I'm <laughs> kidding. It, it's an aging fan base, and most of them uh, lament missing the bullies. But no, they're they're... <laughs> But that's, you know, that's worth saying that a lot of people, you know, when when this guy started with the Flyers, a lot of people weren't born. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, true. And 
I just don't get why. I don't know. We went from a, a GM that was very focused heavily on prospects and draft picks, and we had a, a an assistant GM who was very good at drafting, and now we have neither of those people. And it just it feels more and more like it's catering towards a, a win now uh, kind of mentality. And it's interesting because the Flyers are last in the East, so I don't know if this is really a time to be going for that uh, i mean i there there is a lot well, more talent on this team than last in the east and i'll I say think- this much i'll say this much about their position is the standings are very tight and change every day so yeah. there's plenty of season left if they really want to win now and change it around but they got to move quick and that's, the thing. that's scary yeah that that's the thing is it's they gotta bring in somebody really quick who is already determined beforehand that they're going to have to make some trades when they get in here. And I think, I think they do have talent to actually. It's it's fucking insane. They have talent to turn it around. They have have talent talent to turn turn around around. and actually make noise in the playoffs, not just make the playoffs. I think they actually do something in the playoffs. And if Gordon Murphy was really the one that was, I don't know, pissing in Provorov's Cheerios and he actually turns around and Gossip Spare looks better too. Then, then you have a semblance of defense again because you have those two guys and you have Sandheim playing well. Uh, and you know what, Gudis is uh, been all right this year. Yeah, Gudis has been all right too. Uh, and up front, saying it the whole damn time. You forgetting about the hits leader? How are you going to forget about NHL hits guru Robert Hag? What's wrong with you, you monster? Well, if somebody would mention it, I think I would remember it more often. But uh, Robert the Hitman Hag demands your attention. Uh, and then also up front, like I've been saying it for a while, they got two third goal scorers on the on the third line. So whenever the next coach comes in, and there better be an, another coach coming in, uh, although it's probably going to be Mike Yo now. Am I? They're actually going to swap Lappy and and Hack. So Hack's going to be the PK coach. So just going to freak you Friday. Yeah. Yeah. I I. I assume that either Hackstall is going immediately or he is going to essentially when it comes to the Flyers, he is going to be the Joker walking away from the burning hospital that is the Philadelphia Flyers. Like it's one of those two things. Like he's gonna be gone immediately or he's gonna be the last person that's related with the Flyers before they enter a fire demise and fold as a franchise. I can't decide which one yet, but indications three days later uh it, it looks like he's gonna be the last person here somehow and by the way apologies to anybody at bsh because i think i might have accidentally li- lifted that from the slack today so uh oh what yeah the the uh flip-flopping hack and and oh, oh okay. i feel oh, like okay, somebody yeah. said that today i can't think of who and it's gonna take me forever to look it up so yeah. apologies if i stole that yeah. but you could also say i'm Sorry, not sorry. Oh, there you go. You just perk a little on an idea. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if they don't like it, then it sounds like they're the president of the United Hate of America. So they can you get out of here. the president of the United Hate of America today? Ron sure. Hextall. Oh, Ron Hextall. Okay. Yeah, I mean... I, uh, I, this is... Uh, <laughs> Craig, I've never heard you at a loss for words like you are today. I just like, want to talk and, about well, how in the last the episode is. too. Like you're just Yeah, I just wanna, you're just completely flabbergasted I, by this. I just want to, you know, you, you, I I just don't know where this team is going right now. I just don't understand 
I don't know why, like, the second Hextel was gone, everybody was like, Chuck Fletcher's just going there. And then the franchise was like, yeah, let's bring Chuck Fletcher in. Why? You I don't. Chuck Fletcher sounds like a good idea. I don't know why that's so. I don't know what about him is so appealing. Like, again, not the underworld option. Very. He feels like a very middle of the road option, though. And I don't get why that is something that. Well, okay. is franchised so, by the. I, I don't get it. I think they very much want middle of the road right now. And I'll tell you why. Because with middle of the road, then they don't have a hex doll. They don't have a Holmgren. They can say they got the happy medium. Well, now, I don't agree. He's the happy medium, but the yeah, franchise can claim he's the happy medium. And he's not somebody who's been associated with the flyers in the past. Yeah. See, okay. So that's a positive, but also again, I mean, and I, I... they're checking boxes here, Craig. They, they are checking boxes so that they can say more bullshit in their next press conference. So uh, the, there is a link to the flyer. I mean, it's a very loose link, but I was telling you before, like that season, uh, Clark was the GM of the Panthers back in 93, 94. That was Fletcher's first uh, season in the front office. He was the assistant GM with the Panthers back then. So there is still a very light. He's not a former flyer and he's not in the organization now. And Bob Clark is, uh, is not, currently working with the franchise right or am i he's just hanging I... out right just yeah, hanging so out i was okay. gonna say he's not related but at the same time he was also like i don't know drinking a fresco with fucking dave haxtell the other day or like hanging out with him playing fifa or whatever he was doing around the rink after uh haxtell is gone yeah i'm so. sure i'm sure bob clark is playing a ton of fifa <laughs> yeah he loves he loves soccer he's very accepting and, he plays uh, online all the time, <laughs> puts on his headset, talks trash, but very <laughs> sensitive to this day and age kind of trash. Oh, hey, pal, I'm going to score more goals than you, big guy. <laughs> oh, hey, I'm just going to politely steal the ball from you and not slash your knee to pieces and ruin your career. <laughs> What's that, Evgeny? You're going to beat me in soccer? Oh, <laughs> we're just friends online. <laughs> yeah, it's very Bob Clark. It just sounds like Clarky to me. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, we can talk about 31 Thoughts. Elliot Freeman talked about how uh, pretty much touched on the same thing that was mentioned earlier about making the inner circle smaller and cutting out guys that have been there forever, like the lack of loyalty, I guess, to Neil Little, who was a scout, and then also Joe Mullen, who was an assistant coach, who, by the way, I mean – looking like the best assistant coach the Flyers have had in a while. Uh, and then also... Yeah, pull, I'll er, give credit to Joe Mullen, man. That's Looking back, that was a bad move. Uh, Neil Little, whatever. Uh, yeah. He's <laughs> alumni game goalie every year because he's the only guy who can still get, you know, make those moves. Great. <laughs> uh, Elliot Freeman, too. Around, quote, around 24 hours before the announcement, Hextall was gone. One executive said there was no way Holmgren could stand. Philadelphia is 6-0, penalty hyphen free loss in toronto on saturday so i guess everybody was right the flyers weren't fighting enough if they, they had made to, some if, fights they would have saved ron hextall job if if wayne simmons went out there and started fighting guys guess what ron still has a job that's all it took that's all it was and then he alluded you can lose 10 to nothing but if you fight it's fine it's fine he did allude to the seven to nothing embarrassment to the capitals where ray Ham- emory assaulted uh brayden Halfe. So uh, that's cool, I guess. Uh, 
after hey man that's that. cool that's flyers hockey right there so and i th- i will say a couple positives about the gm search too is they made it a point that they don't want to bring in former flyers and it's nobody inside the organization uh so that rolls out a lot of names that would have been annoying as well i guess uh I, scott melody was getting tossed around there which would have been again i guess fine but at the same time i don't want to hear the former flyer jokes and I, I just want right Ideally, they're so played out. They're so tired. Mike Sialski was just, oh, he was revving up his engine waiting for it. That dude loves the Flyers uh, hiring uh, a a former Flyer in a position. He loves it. Yeah. I've never seen somebody get. Right? Sialski? I mean, it doesn't really matter. I don't Uh, care. I've never seen somebody get get their rocks off of just trying to piss off. Like, he's a troll that somehow got a job at the Inquirer or whatever he's at. He's at inquire right philly.com somewhere I believe, but he yeah philly.com one of those either the inquire or the daily news i think the inky though i think yeah so he i mean he's been doing the whole flyers thing for a while he wrote a ton of articles about the flyers after the uh the after lobby light was fired and then i don't remember seeing anything for a bunch of years there and then also he was very much early in this eagle season just being like, this isn't the same Eagles team. And it's like, all right, thanks, Mike. Like, we get it. You don't need to, don't need to point out consistently. I don't know. He just seems like he's always there to just be. Uh, he's a troll. Annoying. Yeah, that's pretty much what it. Is. Like everything, every headline I read of his, I read it like the, like the older sister that got dessert while you got punished and didn't get dessert, and they're just like, mm, I get to eat dessert. He's just like, mm, the Eagles aren't the same team this year. It's like, yeah, thanks, Mike. Like, the Flyers haven't won since 75. It's like, okay, thanks. We get it. I understand. I I know how time works. They keep hiring former Flyers. It's like, okay, all right, thanks, Mike. That's great. Do you want to bring anything to the table or you just want to talk about? Yeah, okay, thanks. Uh, Yeah, Elliot Freeman pretty much said stuff too that we already, I mean, all the stuff that we've, oh, his last uh, 31 thought on the Flyer situation was, uh, Finally, one exec on Holmgren's return to hockey operations. This is good for the trade rumor business, which I'm not a fan of. I don't want to hear all these trade rumors. I mean, no, I, and it was actually kind of refreshing under the right to not hear every batshit crazy trade rumor. Obviously, you'd like the happy medium where the Flyers are involved in some of these deals, but at, literally every time a moderately big hockey player would be available in a trade or free agency under Holmgren, the Flyers would be the first team mentioned. Yeah. And, I mean, I don't know if you saw the the recent news, but Freeman, speaking of Freeman, he did say how he thinks one way or another Nylander isn't going to be on the Leafs next year, whether or not they he's, he's traded, you know, by Saturday or if it's at the draft or something. He is just not going to be with the Leafs next year. So, uh, I'm guessing the Flyers are going to be linked to that, and I, I which is uh, getting players is fine. That's fine to me. It's just a matter of what we're giving up and who we're getting in return. I don't want fucking Martin Hounsel or Chris Stewart. I'll be honest with you. Uh, what are you sure? <laughs> no, for a couple first and a couple seconds, I think I think I'll pass on that one. But we'll see. Uh, you get Nylander for whatever. That's okay. Sure. Uh, and I I think Freeman also was hinting at something about how St. Louis is going to start chipping out core pieces if they can't win underneath Craig Ruby. So 
future news, core pieces are on the move in St. Louis. And I think Tarasenko is believed to be one of the names that he's throwing out there. So if you want to go and get him. Oh, baby. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Just have to your Beautiful. <laughs> Day bow bow. <laughs> Tar- Tarasenko. <laughs> I just watched the uh, a couple of days ago. I haven't watched it totally sunny in a while, but I went back and I watched the uh, Sometimes Science is a Liar part. <laughs> Making Galileo look like a bitch. <laughs> uh, that was a pretty good episode. Um, I mean, that's... I, I'm trying to think of other stuff i mean the game it's i don't okay, really want to talk Greg, about the games we got nothing to talk about the game i mean uh, again all know, these games right now feel like even they in, feel empty they feel empty i don't care they play the yeah. penguins this weekend i don't care they're probably gonna get smoked yeah i mean i, I wonder i wonder how many games are left for hacksball I, it has to be to me i feel like it has to be one i feel like the penguins game might be his last game because they still their next game after that is Thursday, I believe, against the Blue Jackets. So and they're going to have so much time. I don't time. care if they throw an interim coach in there. I don't care. Well, that's like, another. You have to an, make this move. So, so that's another thing that, uh, that kind of makes me curious too. Is if you're willing to listen to him about firing Murphy, um, like there's no there's no reason he should still be here. Like if you're fine <laughs> with him hiring a coach. And that coach could only be here for a handful of games. Why not just have an interim coach for a couple of games? Why not let Knobloch be the guy for like three or four games or let <laughs> Lappy be the interim coach for a little bit of time? Because ideally these guys aren't, they're not, they're not going to be, if everybody else is falling and somebody like Chris Pryor is getting canned, there, there's no way these two can survive. I don't think Are they just going to make it an event? Are they just going to fire a different uh, personnel? <laughs> like, are they just going to fire different personnel after each loss? I, well, yeah. another loss. Guess, uh, guess Lappy's out of here. <laughs> well, another loss. Guess Knobloch's out of here. Another yeah. loss. Not hack yet. We're just well, messing with you. They're, they're running out of options here. So, I mean, there's not too, too many people. Unless you start getting into Maybe scouts. they're waiting until Christmas. They're waiting until Christmas. That's our it's big an Christmas. advent calendar, essentially. <laughs> it's, it's an advent calendar of Hextall personnel on the Flyers getting fired. Yeah, maybe. I mean, again, I hate. Well, first of all, I just... listen. On the first day of Christmas, Paul Holmgren gave to me another firing that I don't really care about. And then you just keep going until you eventually get to hack on the. 43rd day of Christmas. It takes time, but we'll get there. Well, and that's, you know, again, if the organization actually hated Hackstall, he would have been gone on Monday, too. It would have been a clean. Right. It would have it's been weird sweep. that he's still and here. They, they went out of their way to praise him. They said that he's done an admirable job in a tough situation. They did everything to basically thank Ron Hextall, but also slap Ron Hextall in the face. Yeah. It'll be. Watch him be, watch Hextall become the greatest coach ever. Now that Hextall's released his shackles off of him, now he's just going to become the greatest head coach in the history of hockey. You know what? I'll eat my words. Easy. Yeah. Oh, if he changes it around, and 
I don't know, they start making plays from behind the net or they start doing cross-ice passes. Sure, I'll listen. But, again, uh, Gouda's score from the point last night. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of, like, the usual shit. Drew had a very nice play that I'm pretty sure he was only given time and space to complete because they were playing the Senators. And then uh, what was the other one? Voracek from the slot. So they went to the slot. So maybe didn't make a lot of lineup changes. Salatera brought in McDonald. You know, finally able to do what he wants down there. Because uh, the whole Sandheim experiment last year was definitely just him not being able to use the players he wants to use. And he'll totally make the right decisions. That wasn't that wasn't Hextall trying to force a young player into the lineup. That was just, you know, Hextall not being able to do what he wants to do. So now he's going to be able to do what he wants to do. I'm excited to see what happens in hopefully the last two or three games he has. Of his this, I don't, how long do you think the GM search is going to go on for? I, I think till next week. I'm thinking, I mean. I wouldn't the, be shocked if they had somebody in place by Friday. Somebody. I'm, I would not be surprised if they had Chuck Fletcher in place by Friday. Was, he didn't have to travel far. Yeah, he's in Jersey. He's hanging out in Jersey. So. Doesn't and, even have to move. Yeah. Uh, and then in that case, if he's hired, we watch Hackstall get pounded by the Penguins uh, with all the new roster uh, freedom he has. And then there's a bunch of days off until they just play the Blue Jackets next week. So I think that would be the end of uh, Hackstall. Again, I would like to see maybe a little longer since this was uh, it's a pretty big deal and it's a pretty important hire in franchise history. But, I mean, I guess we'll just throw the guy in there from the wild. It's whatever. <laughs> I mean, if you go with Joel Quinville, then, yeah. Go. Oh, you're talking about the GM, yeah. The GM. Well, again, the coach, I'm getting worried now. Chuck Fletcher is the shoe-in and the front-runner and the gut-feeling guy that is going to be the next GM. I I see ties to Mike Yo and Todd Richards. Uh, I don't know if there's any to Joel Quinville. We'll see, but... I mean, I mean, Chuck Fletcher at the same very, time. Chuck at the Fletcher. same time, Joel Quenville is Joel Quenville. Yeah, I, this is the one front I'm choosing to remain optimistic on. The I one mean, front. I mean, Steve Eisman still is Steve Eisman. You know. Yeah, uh, but true. there's also there's also essentially the opinion of everybody that Steve Eisman doesn't yeah. want to do anything but Detroit and wait out the rest of this year and. I'm not sure what the whole tampering thing is. I don't really care. They're not getting Stevie Y and yeah. I've given up. I, I I know they're not getting Stevie Y. I'm I'm not getting my hopes up for Joel Quinfield just because it's uh I don't know. I mean it's... Right, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go the opposite way and say they're definitely not getting him because this GM's got ties to shitty coaches. Yeah. Just because fair. he's got ties to shitty coaches doesn't mean he's not gonna hire the best coach available. Look right now, I'm just not too positive about a lot of stuff with the team. I think, buddy, <laughs> buddy, I'm with you. I'm with you. But no, you're right. There, there's no the whoever's hired would be asinine not to look at Joe Quinville and think of him as an option. Uh, and Believe me, we're all wildly, you know, just alternating between fear, excitement, crying, chaos, just all of these emotions coming out. Chaos is an emotion now, apparently. But th- there's. <laughs> All sorts of things that we're alternating between because we don't know what the hell's going on. The Flyers definitely don't know what's going on, which is, I think, very apparent. Yeah. Well, I th- see, I think that the Hextall move, I think, was something they had planned for a while. 
I'm kind of nervous now that the the Murphy and the the prior firings came today. I don't know why all three weren't just made on Monday. I think it's because they don't know what they're doing. I think well, they I just, think you're right. That's they finally I, had yeah. enough. With, but here's the thing: if you're planning on letting go of Ron sometime this season, make a friggin' plan, guys. Have a half a clue what you're going to do for your next step. It, they just seem like they had no idea what they were going to do next. And they're just, I, I still can't, I can totally believe how pathetic that press conference was, but man, that sucked. Yeah. Unfortunately, I, or not, unfortunately, I guess, fortunately, I, I didn't get to see it, but I, the, the general vibe uh, from Twitter and from people texting me was, it sounded like they didn't have answers. And it sounded like there's a lot of pausing and a lot of uh, not sure how to go. Probably a lot of how I sound tonight, but I'm not paid to guide this franchise in the right direction. <laughs> uh, and also, I would not have fired Hextall yet. Uh, I just, I'm just, I'm still, I'm flabbergasted. I, I can't get over the fact that everything needed to go this way so we could get Chuck fucking Fletcher in here <laughs> to start wheeling a deal I'm like it just sounds weird that i i don't know you know who's gonna put this guy over the top the minnesota wild gm like i don't know that just and that's unfair to him and i'm he again has made some good moves in his tenure and i had to really dig deep into the drafting and everything i mean he did draft dumba and he did get Granlund and Zucker and a bunch of other guys. He got Devin Dubnik for a third-round pick. Did hire Bruce Boudreau. A lot of positive stuff. It's just, it, it just feels meh. And also, it can be changed very quickly with how he does in Philadelphia. I, I think my big thing, too, is I'm just curious. Like, it looks like, if you look at his transition, transaction history, it seems like a very clear, like, clean cutoff from when he went from making pretty good moves and like moves that he could defend to what is this guy doing which is i feel like the same we could do with holmgren where like early on and probably even through 2010 you could look at holmgren's moves and be like all these are great i get what he's doing and then there's a clear you like could even line. Look, you could even look at mike richards and jeff carter deals right okay so i don't agree the, with the principle of them but the value he got was outstanding so okay so you so let's go like to that and then at some point he eventually started trading draft picks for Nicholas Grossman and Pavel Kabina. so I'm yep. wondering my thing with GMs is once that happens and you get relief from that position do you go back to the tenacity and the foresight and the I guess intuition you had at the beginning of your tenure or are you immediately going to jump into let's trade a second for Brett Kulak or like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't we gotta know. We got to do something. We got to make a trade. Oh, well, I got pressure on me right now. That's the thing I'm worried about is he's going to come in and he's expected to make trades. And I, I, again, his trade deadline history, not, uh, not neat. Not great. In my opinion. Yeah. Not, not a good time. And I, I'm willing to, you know, I'm willing to make trades. I'm willing to trade some of the, the draft assets now and the, the draft picks, but again, it has to be has to be for the right players and you can't trade everything away, which is what I'm you kind of You don't want hard. somebody making trades for the sake of making trades. That's foolish. It's stupid. Yeah. 
Uh, I really, I, we should go back to this whole Jack Hughes thing real quick. Sure. I'm about it. I mean, I just, I, 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 th- I thought I mentioned a couple weeks ago where I'd just rather them kind of suck ass and do this. But now that Hextall has gone and it kind of seems like disjointed all about, fuck it. Just go. You've, especially if you're the Flyers, how often did you get this chance to be the bottom of the league with the chance to get a generational talent? What was the last, was the last time 07? I mean, with Kane? I, I, oh, for the Flyers, yeah. I was just thinking of a team kind of similar to the Flyers. If you look at the Leafs a few years back when they got Austin Matthews, they yeah. just kind of bottomed out one year and it was Austin Matthews year and yeah. it worked out. And I mean, even, I mean, the Flyers were in the McDavid lottery, but they they didn't have a le- legitimate chance to win it. I mean, seventh overall isn't exactly a guarantee that you're going to even come close again, even though they did jump off from 13 of the two. Uh, two seasons ago, but this is a year where I, I, I don't know where they are in the league right now, 27th, 28th. You have a legitimate chance to just stay where you are, suck it up this year, uh, quote-unquote clean out the the Chip Kelly uh, defenders in the organization, and then just kind of get back on it next season. Because again, this team, I, I, they're not amazing. Obviously, they're they're fucking last in the conference. Can't really say they're great, but they're playing pretty well. At five and five. Yeah, I think you have enough offensive depth to be competitive in a in a playoff series. The defensemen we know are good. Provorov and Ghost have played, especially Provorov, have played a lot better in the past. Sanheim will carry whatever defensive partner is with. Gudis looks a lot better than he did at the end of last season. The defense can be decent that you can get two defensive pairs on the blue line that i think we're all happy with and also another positive we should talk about the positives now text all being on but another positive that seems to be up like open for debate now and something that did not seem like a possibility when hextall was here was mcdonald can be dealt mcdonald can at least be talked about being moved now he can at least I again who wants him like this is people have been talking for years like Andrew McDonald's a guy who can just easily be moved out who the hell wants Andrew McDonald so a lot of things he's got two years left on his deal a a big thing with Hexel was he wasn't going to eat a large part of any player's contract and um, uh, whoever if Fletcher could come in now and say I'll eat half McDonald's contract if you just take him and also I don't know how often he people were trying or how often Hexel is trying to trade McDonald. GMs are dumb. A lot of GMs are dumb. And they you're telling me if you call Chiarelli right now and you're like, hey man, you want Andrew McDonald? He wouldn't at least think about it, which means you could talk him into it. I don't know. I, I feel like Andrew but McDonald's had a whole lock last it, year. But no, signed, I, I feel like Andrew like, McDonald's got one of the worst reputations in the league. Nikita Zaitsev is not exactly a, a fucking all-star either. Andrew McDonald is the butt of jokes around the league. Like, he is, like, well, the defensive joke. I mean, there are other guys that were like that, too. We hear about it all the time because he's a flyer. But there have been other guys like that around the league that were just... Two years less than the deal. I'm saying all I'm saying. You is, get your hopes up no, on that no, one. No, I'm no, not no, doing no, it. No, I refuse. No, no. I'm not. I refuse. Look, I'm not saying it's happening. I'm not. I'm saying that Hextall 
obviously liked McDonald to an extent. Because if he didn't, then he wouldn't have been playing. He wasn't he wasn't playing this year. But Hextall and Hextall, for some reason, loved McDonald. If they're both gone, then him being at least attempted to be moved from the organization are back on the table. And again, Hextall... I don't know was, if they loved McDonald. Hack does, but I, they did send him to the minors for a year. Like, Well, that was also... I feel like that's year. a little overstated. What, the... The love for him? Yeah, well, the I don't think... I don't know if Hextall loved him, per se. I mean, well, like, I don't I, I don't feel like he was holding off on trading him because he's just like this amazing talent. I, I just I don't know why he didn't trade him, but I don't think it's because he was like, well, we got to hold on to Andrew McDonald because he's phenomenal. OK, well, I'm saying if new people come in, there's a possibility that it'll at least be tried a little bit harder. Maybe that's the least of the positives. I, that's not sure. Let's move on from the McDonald thing, I guess. Then, but. I, I just I, I can't. I, I can't even fathom. I'm not expecting him to get like, traded. I'm not saying that he will get traded. I'm just saying I, I think there's more than enough proof here that the two of these guys like McDonald to an extent. More than... Paul Holmgren likes him too. Paul Holmgren and, was the guy who made the, the call to sign him. And I I mean, Hextall is in the room there. Right, but I'm saying Paul just because Hextall's out doesn't mean that Amax out because Paul Holmgren liked him too. So Yeah, but if Holmgren was going to bring in a new guy and step out of the way he did with Hextall, then maybe he might. He's not getting traded is really what it comes down to. I mean, I was not expecting this whole thing out of it, but he's not getting traded. What I'm, I was trying to parlay it into positives to Hextall being gone. I'm sorry. I just absolutely refuse to even consider that for a second because it, it would be a happy day if that happened. I just... I, I can't fathom it. Okay. No, I know. And it, it's a... I'm hurt, Craig. This franchise is hurt me. <laughs> well, the, the positives to Hextall being gone are Hextall should be gone soon. And the pen, I think you can make changes to make the penalty go better, too. Because then LaPerrier should be gone. And if you're going to start making trades, one of the two things to address is goaltending and the penalty kill. And then when you look beyond that, it's the whole... There are some bad players on this team that I think could be subject to trading that were obviously like favorites of Hextall or Hextall that I don't think would have been a possibility before. But I mean, also there's also the opportunity now for one of the core pieces to be moved. And I, I feel like one of the pieces they would look at would be, I, I don't know. I, for some reason, I feel like Jake Voracek would be a guy that's moved. If they really I, get, I agree with that sentiment. Buck wild. Think- uh, and and again, well, Jake's Jake's obviously immensely talented and can put up a ton of points, but he's also much like Jeff Carter, a guy that people can look at on certain shifts and just be like, he's loafing it out there. He's not doing it. And then he just turns it on for a few shifts and is amazing. And, you know, people interpret that as laziness, however wrong they might be. But Jake can be inconsistent shift to shift and people will certainly harp on that. Yeah. And, and what the part of the whole thing I was trying to say about McDonald too was uh, with Voracek, the contract is huge, but maybe Fletcher or whoever comes in next is willing to eat half of that contract for a while, which wouldn't be the greatest cap situation. Oh God, this is, this is gross. Just talking about eating cap space. And I just feel like the flyers are going to find themselves 
right up against the cap, which that was a Dave Scott quote the other day is that he wants to spend up the cap space. Like, yeah, dude, you don't have to. You don't yeah. have to. Yeah. And it's also I mean, that's not really an encouraging thing to hear when you still have. Still got to sign Connecting and they still got to sign Progroff and they're still going to have to sign. I mean, now it's looking like they're going to have to sign Limbaum too. They still got to sign Patrick. Like there are going to be young guys you're going to have to sign. And uh, I would prefer that we don't waste that cap space. Well, the cupboard's right. full, Craig. So, so again, the cupboard is full, and I'm fine with trading some of those pieces. So it's not a. But it, you like, don't like people act you like you have to rush out it. and trade them. Like you can't find space for them on the team. Team's right. all full up. Can't fit any more talent on here. That's bullshit. No, I agree. No, you're right. But I mean. But I mean, you know, like if there was a way to get somebody a big name player that would definitely help this team immediately and has a role in the team for a few years to come, and they're like, we'd like a a first, a second, and Tanner Lizinski for it. Uh, I think I'm throwing in Tanner Lizinski. So things. Yeah, I'm not talking about Tanner Lizinski, but Wade Allison. Just like, sure. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, there there's a lot of guys I'll throw into deals, but my whole thing is just like. Uh, the cupboard's full. Gotta gotta get rid of items. All things no, no, must no, no, no. like that's no. That, that's, but there's a certain no, mindset like that, which is crazy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Ooh, this guy's it. showing talent. Ship him out. <laughs> yeah, if it's the I mean, right deal. Yeah, absolutely. Trade yeah. a trade a future asset for a tangible asset today. I get it. Totally down for it. But don't trade somebody because the cupboard's full. Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, and actually, I, I mean, ironically, even if you want to look at it, uh, Hexall did start trading prospects because the cupper was void to trade Cooper Marodi for a third-round pick. So he did kind of make trades to, I, I don't know, I guess he felt like the that position was already filled in the prospect pool, so he wanted to get another draft pick, which makes, makes sense. But I, I know what you're saying, just don't, don't throw away prospects because you got to make trades. But there's no reason for it. Uh, but again, I, I'm thinking I, there's got to at least be a few trades once Fletcher comes in here. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like you don't make this move unless you want to see instant. They definitely uh, feel there are deals to be made. They they feel yeah. there are deals to be made, or they would not have made this move at this time. Yeah, and I don't. I'm I'm curious to see what deals they're thinking, and I hope. I just hope they don't get themselves. To, I it, it feels inevitable. Inevitable they're going to get in the cap trouble again, like that's the way it feels. Uh, and, I mean the whole, the prospects and the picks. Uh, it's it's it would take a lot of work to drain this prospect pool. And yeah, I, I'm not well, really worried. If Paul Holmgren has its way, it's going to be pretty quick. Well, yeah, but I'm not. But again, I'm not really. I mean, like if if you're looking, I don't down, know, man. Really There's sentiment out there. There's sentiment out there. The people that were sick of Hextall, that just like people don't seem to give a shit about having a good prospect pool. And I think it's incredible that the Flyers have a good prospect pool. Yeah, it's very yes, important. You can maximize your NHL roster out of it, but. Have a prospect pool. Have draft picks. That's how you keep yeah. replenishing. Like, did you see what Chicago's got for first round picks in the past few years? Oh, yeah, yeah. Jack shit. 
Yeah, and it's hurting them now. And the, I mean, it was supposed to be the same way at the Rangers too, but that's why they're doing the rebuild, and that's why they played the way they did last year. That they didn't have first round picks for a while, and that that is the way. I mean, we talk about it all the time. That's the way you win today's leagues. You don't. You got to build and develop, and you got to get as many draft picks as you can because they're all lottery tickets, and you don't know which one's going to hit. Uh, and when it comes to the win now phase, which is moving into you. I don't know. You can chip out some. You just got to be careful. I, I don't really know. Outside of Carter Hart and Morgan Frost, uh, I think I'm willing to listen to everybody else. Sure. I mean, it depends on what the deal is. And again, I, I'm not talking about like fucking trading Joel Faraby for a third line penalty killer. I would like to see. I mean, Paul Holmgren. Uh, <laughs> Uh, man, I. Look. So you want to talk about the germ? <laughs> I like how the last few minutes have just been. <laughs> I'm trying to say something about the prospects, and you're just like, "Well, Paul Holmgren would trade him." <laughs> He's a. I, I don't trust Paul Holmgren. I don't, I don't trust I don't. the direction it's... this franchise is going, in. and I'm pissed off. I'm pissed I, I off. Too. It, yeah, it's really. I just. I. They need a new GM because I really don't like the idea of Holmgren sitting here. And doing these little tinkering things like the firing of Chris Pryor and and uh, and Gordon Murphy, and then everybody just being like, "Oh, well, it's the it's the residue of the Chip Kelly effect," and they got to get him out of the system. It's like, well, you know, I don't really. Every move from now until you hire a GM is going to feel like that, and I feel like uh, they get blasted by the Penguins on Saturday, and you don't have a GM in place. I feel like there's going to be more tinkering and more firings, and guys that aren't named Paxton and Lapier are going to not have jobs. So. Yeah, it's pretty dumb, and I, I liked it last week when we could just bitch about how boring the games were. But now we're gonna we're gonna find out if uh, Chuck Fletcher is feeling spicy and wants to uh, make a lot of win now moves so this team can lose in the second round this year instead of uh, the first. So uh, we'll find out the news on the germ. Infect you with his news update. He is out for the season, so <laughs> things are going real well for the Flyers. <laughs> the germ. Yeah, we've all. I guess we've all been. We've all been medicated. I guess that this is the uh, the sentiment then. But he took (laughs) a cure. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, he the germ went to the hospital where the doctor from uh, New Amsterdam is practicing. I don't know if you've seen that fucking show, but it looks really bad. I have not. It's got a stupid name, so I'm good. So I kept seeing ads for it. I forget what I was watching on NBC. I think it's Sunday Football. They they kept showing it where. It's a doctor who doesn't care about the insurance companies. He's just going to keep giving people medicine. Oh, that's wait. What no, I've seen that. I've seen yeah. that. It's, I, just I haven't seen the, the show. I definitely have not. Yeah. But yeah, it's just the, I've seen the stupid commercial. Look, we're gonna, we got to give people medicine. I don't care what you say. The people are getting medicine, you <laughs> son of a bitch. They've got cancer. They've got to take medicine. Oh, that's just a fucking dumb show to me. But anyway, yeah, it looks like uh, Rusoff went there. Took an awkward hit on. On Friday, uh, apparently looked uh, like he was in pain on the ice, and then he I believe he had shoulder surgery earlier this week, out for the season. Uh, apparently, the way Scott Gordon broke it to everybody was uh, not ideal. Uh, he pretty much was just asked point blank about German roofs off and said he was out for the year and then left the room. So that's one way to break the news about uh, a prospect being out for the season. 
that that's really the only other news we're talking about outside of all of the the GM nonsense. Did we ever figure out that it's Paul Holmgren making these like minor moves, like Pickard on waivers and uh, Lion back to I mean, the it, NHL? It has to be. I, I think. I mean, I don't. I don't know who else, especially now. Without <laughs> you know Chris who Pryor. it is. It. It's not Chris Pryor. Yeah, I was gonna say without Pryor there, I, I don't know who's doing these moves now. It has to be Holmgren. So, uh, and again, it, it. Man, I just like I. I just. The, talking about the direction of this team was a lot more fun last week. And actually talking about the games and actually talking about what this team needs was a lot more fun than speculating about everything and trying to break down what happened and off the ice issues uh, in the front office. And I, I don't, I don't want to talk about this shit. I have no, I, no, none of us knows what actually happened. And for all we know, all the stuff about him isolating people and cutting them out of the front office could have, it happened to an extent, but I don't Somebody think Somebody is telling everybody about what happened and is the ultimate source correct or accurate? I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, you have I, to trust the word because there are some really good reporters that are coming out and reporting this stuff. But yeah, like Jay Greenberg, I, I don't know. Is I feel like trust. Like, I feel like he is a he's obviously a very important writer in the history of the Flyers. And, and I don't spectrum is pretty much the entire basis of my flyers knowledge. Yeah. And he's not a guy that would just, he wouldn't, I guess, fluff out things to try and make the organization look better. It uh, feels like though, the, the, the organization is floating some stuff out there. I, that's how I kind of feel about it too. And again, I just think at this point in time with the Eagles being current Super Bowl champions, it's kind of easy to go like, well, we got rid of our chip Kelly. Because then, just makes everything a lot easier to follow when you don't really seem to have a clear path for what you want to do next. Now, if it's Chuck Fletcher, it's 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 just not inspiring. It just it doesn't feel like a I don't know. You go through that rebuild and then you hire Chuck Fletcher, it just kind of I don't know. Doesn't do much for me. And I don't think it's a thing that's really going to get the fan base pumped up either. And if, I, I feel like that's a part of the reason why Hexall got fired was trying to re- revitalize this fan base that had to endure, you know, sacrificing success at the NHL level to rebuild the pipeline and make sure we weren't in cap hell. And I don't think everybody's going to be like, oh, we got Chuck Fletcher. <laughs> Let's go to games again, baby. Let's go do this. But, you know. Let's do some Flyers hockey tonight. Yeah, maybe, uh, maybe he ends up being all right in the end, but I'm just not. I'm not too pumped about it right now. And not even here yet. And I, I'm willing to give him a chance. Not I guess. even official. Just, we, we don't yeah. even know this is 100 percent sure yet, but it's just, just going on the word of what is likely. Yeah, and again, I, I think I would be a lot more excited about it if it was a guy I didn't like. If if it was Greeley, that's why I like the idea of a Greeley a Greeley or a, a Zito or you just don't there's not something where I can look back and say you fucking traded Brent Burns you know what I mean like it's <laughs> like I feel like that would be a Give lot me greasy Greeley any day of the week <laughs> you can call him greasy Greeley how can you not want that guy yeah see, uh, that's another was, greasy move from greasy Greeley I feel like he just every uh, conference call he would make for a trade he would just be like 
Uh, Greeley's got another dealie for you. Here's where I'm dropping with you. And then just plays out some shitty ass trade. You uh, got greased. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You want to um, go around the league, buddy? Yeah, let's, let's go around the league. Is this a. Let's go around the league. Is this up shorter or am I just like, am I losing my well, mind? We did record. We did record an hour 18 earlier this week. So. Yeah, pretty much saying the same shit. Okay. Uh, let's go around the league, baby. Uh, William, yeah, Nylander and the Leafs are still 300,000. Dineros apart. That's uh, Spanish for money. Uh, and. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Now I, now I know. Yeah, you know. Uh, that is, uh, that's Spanish for money, in case you were not aware. That does not seem like a significant chunk of change for the NHL. Now, uh, according to reports, though, uh, both sides feel as though they are being very lenient or kind of giving up a lot from their original ask. So 300000 could be a lot, but I'm thinking... He probably signed, however, Freeman was saying that it, he could not sign and be dealt, or he could sign and just be dealt at the draft. Like it, it sounds like Nylander will not be a part of the Leafs for that much longer, from what I saw. Uh, speaking of players that are no longer parts of the franchise, Dylan Strom and Brendan Perlini were traded for Nick Schmaltz. Uh, Dylan Strom, third overall in 2015, 21-year-old center. Six points in 20 games this year. He had 53 points in 50 games last year for the Tucson Roadrunners in the AHL. Uh, goal and assist last night for the Blackhawks, who uh, got toppled 8-3 to by the Golden Knights. Uh, Perlini was the 12th overall pick in 2014. Nick Schmaltz was the 20th overall pick in 2014. Uh, and I think the reason why they did it was Dylan Strom was i'm not sure if he was line mates but he was t- teammates with uh alex to so they were going for the uh the trade ryan strom to edmonton thing because he was teammates with connor mcdavid actually ironically all four were iriotters so there you go a little fun fact for everybody at home take that home and show off uh peck renee most wins <laughs> as a finished goalie <laughs> with the four to one win over st louis last week for his 320th win, passing Mika Kiprasov. Uh, Mike Hoffman point streak snapped at 17 games. 20 points over the 17-game point streak. It was snapped on Friday against the Carolina Hurricanes. Matt Murray on IR. Out long-term with a classic case of an LBI. Kevin Miller out five weeks with a larynx injury. He got hit in the throat with a John Dwyer shot on Monday. Uh, Chris Weidman was traded from the Senators to the Oilers for a 2020 conditional sixth. He has five points in 19 games this year. And he's got, like, Weidman kind of feels like uh, Eric Gustafson to me when I was looking at his numbers and I realized, like, how much he's been used. Like, yeah, he feels very much like a guy that is a, a seventh defenseman you would kind of would want to play a little bit more. But uh, speaking of guys you don't want to play at all, Carl Osner was waived. He's a uh, 30 years old now. He's got three more years at 4.625 million. And uh, in the AHL, I believe 900000 comes off from that. And uh, Carl Osner, bad deal once once Montreal signed it. Like, something that everybody knew was going to be terrible. And ironically, or not ironically, but uh, Caps defense looked pretty damn good last season. Uh, good enough to win a Stanley Cup. So, Carl Osner. Pretty, oh, there's, you know, that's a the guy. There's another guy. 
if you're talking about bad deals. Carl Olsner is a pretty bad one. Uh, not as advertised, but definitely, definitely as bad. Um, also, by the way, on uh, on Montreal's books, which is not ideal for them, is uh, Steve Mason, one point three six six million for the next two seasons, which is just amazing because <laughs> he didn't even play for him. <laughs> it's just. Winnipeg was like, we need to get cap space, and they just traded a bunch of pieces to Montreal. We just, we can't have this. Yeah, we can't have this on our books at all. Uh, Keith Handel, if he plays tonight, I'm not sure if he's playing right now, but I assume he is. Uh, Playing his 738th game, which puts him sixth at the sixth uh, longest games played streak in the history of the NHL. Craig Ramsey is next with 776, and Doug Jarvis is first with 964 straight games played. So, good luck catching that, Keith. Uh, he handled did play tonight, and he had an assist. Oh, baby. Extend that streak in style. Uh, and then Shea Weber, future flyer? Uh, oh, return to action on Monday. He missed 73 straight games following knee surgery and a foot injury. Uh, his last game was December 16th, 2017, against the Senators. Uh, so yeah, that's around the league. And uh, I mean, <laughs> that's yeah, again, again, I, I, I hate doing these episodes just because I, I don't like the whole, don't like speculation. Is Pretty much. I mean, if you're you can listen fan. to the You like solid facts. I like numbers. I like facts. I like form my opinions on things I see. I don't like trying to, I don't like the hearsay and the he said, he said things behind closed doors and all this shit. Well, I just want to tell you what I heard from, from the janitorial <laughs> staff yeah. over at the Wells Fargo Center this week. <laughs> my dad went to high school with somebody who, does ticket sales for the Flyers 10 years ago. And he heard this thing about Ron Hextall. <laughs> no, it's like, no, my I just buddy, want to know. My buddy at work, who has season tickets, heard from another guy somewhere around the Farg that Paul Holmgren hates JVR with a passion and is trading him any minute now. You know what else I've, I love about when situations like this come up and like the, all that, uh, the Laviolette Peruvia stuff back in the day and whenever the Flyers lose in the playoffs is people you haven't heard say the word Flyers the entire year come out swinging hard with their opinions about the Flyers and what's wrong with the team. It's like, look, everybody can have opinions about the Flyers. That's great. I don't really care. Like, you you can comment on it. It's really annoying when guys that you always see on Twitter – and I'm only saying this because, and I know you pointed out he used to cover the team, but like Les Bowen has been covering the Eagles for how long now? And like, I feel like I, I think like 40 years. I, I feel like I've, I'd never catch him tweeting about the Flyers, talking about the Flyers. And once they miss the playoffs, a situation like this, he's always like, well, this is what they need to do. And I'm like, Les, man, I follow you all the time. And I have not seen everything's the Eagles, which is great because you cover that team now. But like, it just feels like everybody comes out of the woodwork and be like, this like, is what the problem is with Flyers. It's like, like dude, all had- of a sudden, Philly's broadcaster Tom McCarthy comes out and goes, Ron Hextall's gone. How about that? <laughs> like, I'm waiting for, like, the next time I watch Monday Night Football, Booger McFarlane, the Booger McFarlane, be like, uh, penalty kill is not aggressive <laughs> enough. Yes, this is what the problem is. 
It's like, let's go, Jason Witten. I'm, I'm blocking everybody's view right now. And I got to talk about the Flyers <laughs> penalty kill. It's garbage. Ron Hextall deserved to go. <laughs> Not pressing the point, Tess. It's just like a like I'm waiting for like Ron Taharski that is just like climb out from underneath whatever Rocky is at the Novacare complex and be like, oh man, Claude Drew, not Bobby Clark, I'll tell you that much. And then just walks across the street to I don't know, like wherever. It's just everybody just Merrill comes Reese out just chimes in. <laughs> Merrill Reese is sitting there, he's like, you know, Mike Quick, I remember when the Broad Street bullies were actually bullies. <laughs> yeah, it's just you guys all have Twitter. You all have, can voice opinions. You're all just one thing in passing about the Flyers before shit hits the fan. Okay. Then you're in the clear. But it just seems to be like. Is there a Marcus Hayes column? Is there a Marcus Hayes column yet? He's my favorite one. Oh, man. I can't wait to see 25 paragraphs of four sentences. Or uh, 25 paragraphs. <laughs> one sentence each. Yeah, with 27 total sentences. So I'm looking the forward Flyers to that. The Flyers trusted Ron Hextall to bring about the future next paragraph they were wrong <laughs> next paragraph <laughs> paul holmgren stepped aside like a true gentleman to provide ron hextall the key to the future next paragraph he was wrong marcus hayes man what a writer do you want to talk about uh your the you, you had an inside scoop today about the potential uh ron hextall replacements you put on the website. <laughs> you know, my, my good sources tell me that Paul Holmgren thinks the best next GM of the Philadelphia Flyers is Paul Holmgren. That, that's a pretty big, that's a pretty uh, spicy meatball I got there. It's a pretty good scoop. Well, it, listen, he's looking for somebody who is not like Ron Hextall. He's aggressive. He knows hockey. He's willing to make the big trades. That sounds like Paul Holmgren to me. <laughs> Right, I'm okay. terrified of him making a move before he hires a guy. I'm terrified. I already made some moves. I mean, yeah, but I'm talking about on the a big yeah. one, like half the roster for Nylander. So, so okay. So, just in case it does go down by next Wednesday, which I feel like there's a, a decent chance it could. Who do you think the next GM is? I'd be a fool if I didn't say Fletcher. So I'm going to say Greeley. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm going with Fletcher. I don't. I feel like I'm too excited for Greeley, so I'm going to go with Fletcher. Uh, which is very. Uh, which is very. It's Bob Clark. Guess what? Surprise. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. No. Thank you. Uh, and then uh, Hackstall fired. Hackstall can't. I really hope by the time we speak next, we are looking at an interim coach or Joel Quenville, but we'll see. Uh, I, I feel like he's going to hang on for a couple weeks because they're really all about stating that the next GM is going to get his say as to the coach, even though Paul Holmgren and Dave Scott are a hundred percent going to give input on it. Yeah. Yeah. And I realized I said earlier, he has one game left, but that's, I mean, cockroaches don't, don't die that quick so he's gonna be around i just i feel like he is just gonna survive every goddamn thing this franchise is gonna go through and he is just gonna yeah he's probably gonna be here for a little bit longer maybe he'll be the next gm maybe well hey i mean didn't holmgren start out as a head coach and then oh, worked his know. way up to the president of the franchise <laughs> so 
maybe in 20 years, Hextall will fire uh, Hextall again as the GM, and then we'll just go from there. <laughs> Pretty excited. <laughs> It's uh, happened before. It'll happen again. And then, okay, so theoretically, when Hackstall's fired in the summer, who do you think is going to take over for him? Well, if it's not Joel Quenville, then I have no idea. Maybe somebody terrible. Ken Hitchcock. It'll be Ken Hitchcock. <laughs> Craig Ramsey. <laughs> I did find a Patterson Ave piece I wrote last time the Flyers had a head coach vacancy where I advocated very jokingly for Craig Ramsey. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. You shared that today. I enjoyed that. The Ram man. <laughs> and a nickname he's never had, but I decided to give to him. Ramalama ding dong. Craig Ramsey. Ramalama <laughs> ding dong. Here comes Craig Ramsey. The Ram man. <laughs> <sighs> well, I think that's about that. This has been. No, 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 no. Let's, uh, we got five more hours buddy, to talk about. This. Buddy, I got Chinese food to eat. <laughs> You haven't eaten that? Yes, that's why I'm trying to get oh, to the good night and good hot. Kill me, Smalls. This as much as like, let's do a draft I, corner real quick. I got General Sows <laughs> upstairs. Damn your draft corner. <laughs> All right, fine. <laughs> uh, if you have any feedback, the best place is on Twitter. You can reach Craig at Sports Are Bad. Craig, you got anything on the works for Broad Street Hockey this week? Let me uh. Let me think about We've it. had about five thousand posts since yeah. the Hextall news broke, which is awesome. Let me let me. I gotta think about what I gotta write real quick. Uh, I gotta write the uh, return flight for Saturday. I'm just trying to draw this out, and I got. I'm gonna write something. <laughs> um, okay, Monday. I can tell you, the return flight's gonna be Keith Primo. Uh, you're gonna write <laughs> about. Uh, it. <laughs> is it? Yeah, of course it is. I mean, uh, there's a couple <laughs> other things, but yeah, I mean, nothing really tops a five over time. I, I do, you know, actually, you know, though. you should make it. You know, you should make it. Uh, who's that defenseman in that same series who had the hat? Andy trick? Delmore. Andy Gordon Delmore. Make it Andy Delmore. Delmore. No, I mean, by the way, I hear is a very viable general manager uh, candidate for the Flyers. <laughs> uh, what was I going to say? It is funny because when I did the return flight thing and even in like the small blurb at the top of the articles, I'm always like, I'm not going to pick out the most obvious moments. And I realized like I picked out the most obvious moments for like the last five. But I'm just like, I'm, I don't want to deal with people being like, how could you pick this one and not this moment? And I'll be like, listen, asshole, I'm picking out just good memories. Like I'm not trying to pick out the most, I don't know, whatever. This magic moment. <laughs> when Keith Primo scored that goal. God, and the Flyers were still good and not lousy. Yeah. And under Paul Hongren Bob Clark's was control. A, what was Paul Hongren doing at that point? See, uh, being a jerk. The front office prospects. <laughs> let's see. Actually, let's see where you, you finish up. I'll tell you where Paul Hongren was in 2000. All right, uh, you, you do that. All right. So, Craig, sports are bad. You can follow me at Flyperbole or Estebam. You can follow BSH Radio or Broad Street Hockey. And of course, be sure to like Broad Street Hockey on Facebook if you still follow that fake news depository. What? <laughs> I'm not besmirching Facebook, am I? Oh my. Oh my. But uh, yeah, folks, thank you for listening. We do welcome that Twitter feedback, though. And uh, Craig, you got that yet? Yeah, you want to know what his role was? Hold on. I'm gonna scroll up the page. I, I, I really want to know it. I want you to take one guess what he was, and then I'll tell you. He's probably president. 
He was assistant general manager back in 1999, 2000. Oh, baby. So, making progress, Lars. Making progress. <laughs> Not cyclical at all. Yeah, this isn't all repetitive. <laughs> How about that? Yeah. This is a T-Mac podcast. I'm so sorry. <laughs> he's, he's, he's an announcer, that's for sure. But uh, R.I.P.D. Ron. And folks, thank you for listening. Until next time. As always, except for last time, good night and good hockey. Well. Hello, everybody. This is Fly Purbly. It is a podcast about hockey, mostly the Flyers, but also other hockey things. Like other hockey teams that play the sport of hockey. Steve, but not Steve Hartnell and Craig, but not Craig Ruby. No, this isn't all those hockey guys. These are the guys who watch the hockey sport. Yeah! Hey guys, this is John Stolness from The Good Fight and the Phillies podcast, Hitting Season. Man, the 2018 season was, well, it was interesting anyway, and the upcoming offseason looks to be even more interesting. So if you want to stay up to date on all things Phillies this offseason, subscribe to The Good Fight podcast feed and get my podcast, Hitting Season, where I talk to Phillies beat writers, broadcasters, and fellow Good Fight bloggers, as well as national baseball writers, and the occasional interview with Matt Klintak and Gabe Kapler. Also, you'll get continued success, a Phil's podcast hosted by Justin Clue and Liz Rocher covering all things Phillies, and The Dirty Inning, a hilarious podcast hosted by Justin and Trevor Strunk looking at the very worst innings in Phillies history. And you'll get bonus podcasts every time big news is made with the team. Seriously, if you want to stay up to date on everything revolving around your favorite baseball team as they return to contention, make sure you are subscribed to the Good Fight podcast feed.